In this week's episode, the Batman universe is hitting us hard with a new installment from the White Knight universe, and I have an existential crisis over the Robin King. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Jeez. I'm bringing in the enthusiasm. <laughs> all right, jeez. I'm hype trained. For cool. no general reason, just, yeah, just because I'm happy to be here. Because it's cover B time. Because I've had two coffees and a monster, that's <laughs> why. <laughs> Good God. I am fueled with caffeine. But yeah, there were books this week. There were books this week. I would like to start off by talking about Batman White Knight uh, presents Harley Quinn number one. Yes. Um, so we're getting more White Knight, which is nice. Uh, I love the White Knight universe, so I'm excited to see more that happens in here. Uh, this takes place after the volume two of White Knight um, and picks up, I, I think, like two years later or like some sort of time later. Yeah. Uh, Harley's and real quick spoilers for volume two of uh, White Knight. I totally did that to somebody today. I was like. Yeah, you know, it's pretty good. It picks up two years later and this happened and this happened. And they were like, oh, I never read volume two. And I was like, well, shit, forget that I <laughs> said anything. Just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> picks up after the second volume of uh, Batman White Knight. Uh, so you've got Batman's in jail uh, after revealing that he is Bruce Wayne um, and Harley's kids have been born uh, and everybody's happy. Kind of. Um <laughs> Harley's, <laughs> Harley's living her life, uh, doing her thing, trying to balance being a mom as well as all her other weird stuff. Uh, and the GPD is bothering her to become a consultant on a series of crimes that they have. And that's where we find her uh, and then where it's going to lead from there. Who knows? I am obsessed with this iteration of the Batman universe. I am so sick of all the other iterations of the Batman universe where everything focuses on Batman all the time, to be quite honest with you. And part of what I've loved about the White Knight universe is that it focuses on Harley and Joker. I yeah. love Jack Napier. I love this Harley. Like, I, I don't understand why we can't get this universe in the DCU or like, bring this to the screen or the games. This is what I want to play. I love the people and the way they're depicted in this round. Sean Murphy has built a masterpiece of a universe for Batman. And I don't understand why we don't get more of it. Yeah. In that regard, Harley Quinn, this iteration of Harley Quinn is probably my favorite Harley Quinn. She's smart. She leans more into her, uh, her education and her maturity and it's I don't know I guess I just find her incredibly relatable she's mm -hmm. one of those it, it's nice to see an iteration of a female because they either most of the time when they make female villains and you can quote me on this and I'm probably wrong in some regard but to me I feel like there's two iterations of female villains there's the women who are femme fatale and they're in it just to like Watchmen burn, or they're flipping wackadoo crazies. They're nutter butter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some 
and usually in some regard it's related to like losing a child or something like it's the crazy lady or it's the femme fatale and that's it and harley is not in this in most iterations she's the crazy but in this iteration she's just a woman and she recognizes she had faults and flaws and now she wants to be better person and now she's dealing with real life and maybe not feeling like she's a competent mother, which is an incredibly relatable type of behavior for a woman. And it's just, it's just nice to see Harley made a person. Yeah, yeah. She's not a caricature. She's not a joke. She's not, you know, Mr. J. Like, she calls him Mr. J and says it, Mr. J. Yeah. And it's just nice. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just It's nice. cool to see actual realistic growth in a character yes. so somebody like not even just like narrative growth or character growth like nothing like that like someone literally growing up yeah and someone being like that was me when i was young that's what i did you know what i mean like i was a kid i made mistakes it's not who i am anymore you know like people don't you know some people grow out of their punk phase you know and they might still have the things that they say or do from time to time like she still has the hyenas and she still makes jokes and stuff like that but that doesn't mean harley quinn is exactly who she is exactly. you know uh and I, I i think that's cool like it it just feels like somebody that had like a weird phase in college yeah and kind of like got out of it you yeah know? and you know i've known people in the past that have really dark pasts and have like criminal records and stuff like that but they've grown past it and it feels very similar to this like it feels very much like this harley who is somebody that recognizes that she wasn't always great and she might not ever be great and she's not really trying to prove to anybody that she's great she's just trying to live past what she was do better yeah she's it's just not trying even, to do better I, I honestly like it's not even like a do better thing it's not like a thing of redemption it's just no it's not who she is anymore and Sure, she's going to be set on the path of doing better because she's developed an attachment with Bruce and the uh, GPO and stuff. She has the babies now. Yeah, but, you know, it's less like I got to redeem myself from the horrors of my past no. and more just like I'm this person now. I was that person, but I am this person now. And it's just kind of like an organic moving away. Yeah. I accept of, my past and I move on. Personalities. Yeah. It's and it's it's very normal. It's very like realistic. And I I do think that's really, really cool. Agreed. Next on the docket is a new title from Marvel. Um written by Taboo of Black Eyed Peas, right? Uh of the Garbanzo beans, yeah. It's <laughs> a wrong bean, homie. Oh, sorry, of the of the chickpeas. Yeah. You gotta stop talking beans because I'm hungry. <laughs> This is called Werewolf by Night. It is focused on a Native American um, who I'm guessing they haven't fully explained it, but I'm guessing he's either like a mutant or he's got something where effectively it doesn't matter if it's a full moon or not. At night, if he gets emotionally distressed or upset, he hulks out into a werewolf. And 
I thought this book was really, really cool. I think it's really interesting that they're focusing on a Native American character. I think there's a lot of opportunity to make this very interesting and nuanced. Um, I like the characters that they've developed. It focuses on him and his girlfriend and his grandma. And apparently there's bad blood with his dad, who he seems to have inherited his werewolfiness from. Um, and now they're, they're, you know, they've got their eyes on potential bad guys, which I already have an opinion of who I think said bad guys are. They have not determined who bad guys are yet. Some faceless, nameless corporation. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I think it's AIM. I think it's AIM. It's always AIM. It's always aim. But yeah, that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think, I, you know, the writing is good. It's, it's interesting. It's fun. I like the way that they're developing the characters, and I'm excited. I think it's going to be a cool one moving forward. Yeah, it's, um, it's cool. It's, it's nice and refreshing to have a indigenous peoples-focused book that is written by people with knowledge of that kind of struggle and what that kind of culture is that is focused on the culture and the knowledge or the culture and the struggle of that kind of people, but isn't, isn't trying to make like a too heavy, heavy handed kind of like commentary. Like the commentary's there. I don't know what I'm like. I'm not trying to say like, Hey, give us, stories but no commentary the commentary is there but i think it's done in a really good way i think it's it's handled in a good way um and i don't know i i I think it's just neat to let this story kind of be its own thing without it doesn't identify itself as a native american story right it doesn't turn his his heritage into a gimmick yeah He's earning he's him. earning his right as a character and then his heritage is a part of who he is as a character. Right. In terms of how this was written. I think I, I, and I think that's really cool. It takes place on a Hopi reservation, I believe. Uh, and. Yeah. And the characters fun. The characters around the main character are fun. We get Red Wolf is coming in to be a part of this. And Which that's going to cool. be cool. Possibly AIM is being involved. It's according totally to AIM. According to T's conspiracy theories. Um, if you ask me, all Marvel conspiracy theories start with AIM. I just think it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's well done and it's just refreshing to have a Native American character that is just kind of doing their own thing. Like, yeah. I, I think that's really, really cool. It's it's a cool book and it's it's a good point in comic book history to have, like, just a really like kind of casual relatable character representing the indigenous cultures of America. I think that's really, really neat. I agree. So I agree. And I say that because most of the other native American characters were created during a time when creating a native American character consisted of making them really spiritual and putting them in a headdress because that apparently was all that white men thought native americans were capable of being yes that's about right it's nice to see that we've modernized a bit very stereotypical name um, i'm sure yeah right um (laughs) apache chief e nay chuck for instance (laughs) oh god not to salt the wound american history but (laughs) how about we let uh 
people of cultural backgrounds write about people of cultural backgrounds and not stereotypes of shit. How about that? Sounds like the plan. Jerks. <laughs> scumbags. Speaking of, um, Scumbag, number one, came out. Do you like that transition? <laughs> I loved it. It was a perfect segue. I dug it. Um, Written by Rick Remender. Uh, this book... <laughs> I um I get it, Rick. Can I call you Rick? <laughs> um You say in in your afterword that you like stories about bad people, stories about scumbags. Oh lord. You reference the dude. Uh you reference some other guys I don't remember. I read it 2 days ago. I barely remember what I did this morning. Um <laughs> Shut up rock and roll uh and hey you definitely gave us a unlikable character a scumbag i um so i went in expecting a story that was kind of like comically like this dude thinks he's hot shit he's not hot shit let's all laugh um what i got instead was a dude who thinks he's hot shit and he's not hot shit, but it was more of a like, let's watch kind of <laughs> stuff. Oh yeah, it was just like it. Uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't like comically presented. It was just like, hey, this guy sucks. How about that? Look, look at what he's doing now. Oh, my God. And um, this is so awkward. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I, I okay. hated it. And I loved it. And I hate to love it. Um, I will. I will admit, I had the option to read this one, and I decided not to, just because the look and feel of it was very, in my opinion, what's a good word? Grimy. Yeah, and it that's is grimy. Not really, my. It vibe. is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a skid mark of a book. It is. Does it, it is. Look trans <laughs> transgressional and grimy it is the roadkill that you can't look away from that said the art is really good uh it's just the subject matter is less than um and it, it's supposed to be that way you're supposed to feel these things towards this guy but if you don't like feeling those sorts of things towards guys then i don't recommend scumbag for I you i don't want it but if you're interested in some really oddball storytelling and basically a, a story whose premise is absolutely summed up by its its byline, which is the fate of the world is in the hands of the worst person on it. Oh, Lord. Then <laughs> this might be your cup of tea. If you've ever known the type of guy that walks into a dive bar and the dude behind the counter goes, what did I tell you? And then runs off. Um, oh God, this book might be for you. <laughs> if you've ever known somebody that has ruined an annual festival, this might be for you. <laughs> if you've ever known the type of person that can be conveniently found consistently near porta potties, this book might be for you. Is it, is it the type of, type of guy that uh has been permanently banned from most amusement parks 
If you've ever known somebody to get kicked out of a Coles because he was screaming about how they don't have enough denim vests, then this one might be for you. Not the vests! Oh, God! (laughs) If you've ever known a man who's been fired from being a carny for being too odd, then this might be for you. Oh, savage. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, nope, I don't. But it's it was fun. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I did like the art, grimy though it may be. Um, and I unfortunately have kind of the same sort of approach that I have towards Grendel, Kentucky. Just in my life of being around enough of that kind of person, I've known enough of that kind of person <laughs> to be like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I get it. I get it. I got a few of you. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Scumbag is fun. If you're a Remender fan, I think he's gonna have a lot of fun. It it kind of feels like Remender taking the piss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of feels like Rick Remender one one day was like, it it's like the producer's play of Rick Remender's career. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is his springtime for Hitler. (laughs) He's like, what could I do to entirely isolate all of the people? Everything. (laughs) But it works. And so it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Nice. So. All right. Well, last up, this in my honestly will be brief because I want to talk to you. And give you a warning. This is my this is my red light. Uh toward Dark Knight's death metal Robin King. Ruben. I really enjoyed this read, but here's the problem I have with it. When I closed that book, I went from very happy to very guilty that I am a bad person. <laughs> Because when you close that book, the smile on your face is you feeling proud and joy for the most horrific villain to ever exist. Mm -hmm. You just rooted for the guy who's putting the superhero trinity in the ground. Yeah. And you go from feeling like, Hell yeah, cheering along, fist in the air to, oh God, what have they done to me? That's where I ended. That being said, the book is very interesting. I love the character of the Robin King. I think he's fascinating. I think it's such an interesting take on the villain perspective. Because something that people say but never really believe or agree with, or understand, or, or cognizate, I guess, is that bad guys don't see themselves as the bad guy. They see themselves as the good guy of their side. Yeah. They don't see themselves, I most villains, some do, you know, there is the, I just want to see the world burn, villain, whatever. But most of the time, villains, a la a Thanos, or an apocalypse, or any of those, are doing what they're doing for what they think is the good reason. And that's the Robin King. He doesn't see himself as a villain. He sees himself as 
ending all of the old ways to usher in a new world where people can do whatever they want and get things done the way they want to be done. And he just wants to prove the point that they will follow him if they're given the way out. And by the end of this book, I'm like, hell yeah. I So there are a lot of themes in this book that are worth exploring. Under our literary lens, you could have a lot to say. A lot you to say. You could look at it as an analysis of Batman's inherent anarchy. You could look at it as a study on how the youth of today is focused more on violence and, you know, graphic, gratuitous, intense, dark stories, as opposed to stories about hope and dancing and smiling. Um, the only thing I can focus on is who hurt Peter J. Thomasy? <laughs> Yeah. I feel like yeah. we're going to have a story coming out of this where he's going to reveal that when he was 10, he was trapped for four hours under a promotional standee of Superman and had to <laughs> eat his way out. And this was just hearkening back to that because this man does not like superheroes. No. And, it's... I, and I say that knowing full well that he does like superheroes. He likes them on a plate with a side of fava beans. <laughs> Um, because this was one of the there I have seen plenty with between deceased and all the Joker shit. <coughs> excuse me, and the Batman who laughs in general. I have seen plenty of creative ways to annihilate different super people. Namely, one of the more gruesome ones that I've seen recently was, uh, I think Batman who laughs on his planet like threw some red kryptonite into. Superman's house and then like lock the door while Superman and Superboy tore each other and Lois Lane apart. Gruesome as hell. That's savage. That said, the amount of glee that Thomas e. writes into Robin King as he's just doing these horrible things to these super people is it's too... It feels too natural. I'm on to you, Thomas. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, is that the way it's presented through the lens of the Robin King as our guide into this madness, they're all so damn clever <laughs> that instead of being just like, oh, God, and, and you know, horrified by the things on the page, you kind of stop and like, hand to chin, like, damn, that was smart. <laughs> I just that wanna, a, hmm, I just, move. I just wanna know what happened. <laughs> Did Adam West snuff you out of an autograph? <laughs> you know? Did Linda Carter refuse to stand up when you were on the bus and your legs were tired? I don't know. You know? How dare she? Did, did Michael Keaton fart as he walked by you when you were jogging in the streets? I don't know. Something happened. <laughs> I just want to know, Pete. May I call you Pete? <laughs> Mr. J? Look, all this boils down to is that at the end of the day, I can't tell if I'm a bad person or not. <laughs> Am I a POS? 
Or maybe I'm just a sheep yeah. and he's a good writer. <laughs> Man. I don't they did know. they did a cool job of um working out a plot hole and they can try to play like it wasn't a plot hole it was a freaking plot hole <laughs> um with the whole robin king thing and i'm i was happy about that because it, we in death metal we see batman who laughs gets his brain implanted in bad manhattan and becomes the darkest knight and then he looks at a random one of his like little like roblins which I love that name. Um, and is like, will you be my Robin King? And this mindless little dude's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Flash forward, we have a whole background of this being like a Bruce Wayne who on his planet became the Robin King and started murdering people. And I was and like, it's honestly, the best of them all. I was like, I don't, but, but he was just a mindless crow. He was just like a mindless Robin zombie. I don't understand. And they they, fix it. they retconned that and fixed it. They were like, whoopsies. Um, this is what happens when there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh-oh. Um, which is good. Yeah. I, I was I was happy about that because that, that pothole was bothering me because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> these things are what keep me up at night. Um, but yeah, I I liked it. I really enjoyed it, was a cool it and one that shot. makes me it's really a, worried yeah. about my moral efficacy. <sighs> but it's good. Go read it. Yeah. And then you can determine how much of an awful person you are. Because I'll tell you what, I bet more than a few of you are going to be sitting there just like me. Cheer, cheer, cheer. I'm going to tell you what. Did Christopher Reeves jeer you at a Little League game? I Seriously, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what happened. Something happened. If you want more cover B. <laughs> Did Brandon Routh steal your girlfriend? I don't understand. Mr. Steal Your Girl. You can find more cover B on our website, coverbpodcast.com. And you can also follow us on social media for interesting news and cool fan art and stuff like that on Facebook and Twitter at Cover B Podcast. Um, and keep an eye out because I think we might next week have a special graphic novelties episode coming out. And of course, we'll have another episode next Saturday. So keep your eyes peeled for cool new stuff. Yeah. That's all you have to say is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why do you put me? Dance, monkey, don't dance! Me, don't put me on the spot. Have a good one, you guys. <laughs> this is the best ending that we've ever had. This is. I'm not the gonna best. lie. I'm sitting here trying to think of other actors' names. Did you get like shunned by Ben Affleck? <laughs> Did he like pee in your Wheaties? Did, Did you really hate Geely? <laughs> That's it. That's it. I found it. Well, Check. I mean, didn't everyone in the world would be writing Robin King? Is that why I'm part of it? <laughs> uh, did Robert Pattinson refuse to sign your Twilight Special Edition Blu-ray? <laughs> Poor Pete. <laughs> Poor Pete. Who hurt you, Pete? We'll see you on the next episode. Of coffee. Ha 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 ha!